Well, we're on week three of our series, Renewed. And uh, week one, we start off with renewed commitment. Week two, which was last week, we went on to renewed thinking. We stated that once you make a commitment, it changes your thinking. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, a scripture we referred to last week says this. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. That's a great concept, but it's not an add-on, not, not something, an addendum, not an addition. It is a start from scratch. Everything is new. Paul goes on to say, the old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Concept we touched on last week was this idea of repentance, metanoia, the idea that when it comes to repentance, we do do a physical 180 turnaround, but it starts with our thinking, where we think a certain way, and our body, our change in our actions, everything changes after that. You know, we have new identities, we make commitments, things happen in our lives, and uh, we become new. I'm remembering the idea of when we become a new parent. For some of you here, you uh, maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you're becoming grandparents. But when there's a new identity, a new role that you play, something new in your life, you start to think differently. If there's a baby on the way, you start to think baby. That means that you have these fresh perspectives. You may never have seen babies before. Now you see babies everywhere. You've never seen baby clothing. Now you see it everywhere. You've never seen strollers. Now you're comparing models of strollers. Everything changes. There's a perspective. Something inside of us changes. You go from thinking about Corvettes to thinking about minivans. We kind of hope somewhere we get to think about Corvettes again sometime in the future. But everything, our priorities shift. Everything around us changes a new identity that commitment moves us to the place of renewed thinking and it also moves us to the place of renewed priority so today week three in our series we are speaking about renewed priorities and we're going to be returning to our passage in romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 2 it reads as follows i appeal to you therefore brothers and sisters by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable and perfect. You know, we read there, it says, so that you may discern what is the will of God. What does it mean to discern the will of God? To know what God wants. What is the will of God for my life? Is that something we continually strive to understand throughout our lives? From when we're young and we're deciding what we're going to do, our career path, the person we're going to marry one day, we always need to be discerning the will of God. Many years ago, and it's still something that we think about a lot, there was this movement, the WWJD, the idea that you, you wore this bracelet and it said, WWJD, what would Jesus do. And that's a concept of reprioritizing your life to what is important to Jesus. Not what's only important to me, what's important to Jesus. When we came into a situation or you think about how to make a decision, you'd ask this question, how would Jesus have me handle the situation? How would Jesus have me uh, make this decision? 
And we'd stop and say, instead of asking what's important to me, we're asking what's important to Jesus. And that is how we would discern and try to understand in our lives to do the things that God would have us do. You know, we read in in, in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. The same principle. Don't do things the way this world wants you to do them. Don't take on the priorities of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everything inside of you changes, will change, has to change when you decide to make and make that decision to offer your life, to say, I'm committing to God. So let's talk about priorities just for a few minutes. This concept of priorities um, it is really, whenever you're talking about priorities, you're not talking about things that are not important. You're always talking about things that are important. And as, as, as these different important things in your life are actually competing for which is the more important things. Some things are more important than others, but it's sometimes difficult to discern which ones need to be in which positions in your life. Reprioritization means some things must become less important. It doesn't mean they're not important, but they must become less important. Well, other things need to become more important. Have a look at this passage in Matthew chapter 6, 31 to 33. Jesus is speaking, and we see here how he is actually challenging his hearers to reprioritize their lives and to think about certain things differently. Everything is changing. Their priorities need to change as well. It reads, Matthew 6, 31 to 33, Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, it's important to note, this is a reprioritization teaching, and we see this throughout Scripture. If you read Scripture and understand that Jesus in his teaching, um, Paul in his teaching, throughout the New Testament, you are part of something new. Certain things need to increase in priority. Other things need to decrease. In this particular verse, Paul is saying your basic needs that you worry about, the things that concern you, you need that to decrease and actually you need to increase your spiritual needs, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He's not saying what you eat is unimportant, what you drink is unimportant, what you wear is unimportant, but he is saying that even though it's important, there is something that is more important. And if you get that piece of the puzzle in place, that piece of your life in place, it's going to flow down into all the other areas of your life. In the New Testament, we see similar language and similar teaching, but people like the gospel writers take this concept of this We'll call it, Paul would use the words new creation. The gospel writers will speak about new kingdom. And in both situations for Paul, as a new creation, we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, there is a reprioritization of our lives. In the gospel writers who speak about the kingdom and the coming kingdom and the inaugural kingdom, there is once again a reprioritization in our lives. In Matthew chapter 10, speaks about the rich young ruler, Jesus challenges this young man 
to deprioritize his material possessions, but not only his material possessions. We need to understand that for him to deprioritize his material possessions, he's also deprioritizing his social status, his sense of security, and he has been asked and challenged by Jesus to actually move and reprioritize and to increase a priority on his life as lived through Jesus, as lived through the teachings and the practice of Jesus. And so Jesus saying certain things must become less, other things must become more in your life. It's a deprioritization and a reprioritization that is taking place. Matthew chapter 23, we see this as Jesus actually confronts the religious rulers of the time. And he basically says to them, he criticizes them because they have prioritized strict religious adherence to the letter of the law, but actually what they've done, whether intentionally or inadvertently, is they've deprioritized the spirit of the law. And so in a a scripture like Matthew 23, 23, um, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, and then he calls them hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, which is justice, mercy, and faith. And then he says, it is uh, these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the other. And so he's not saying what you've done is wrong. He said, but you're elevating, you're prioritizing the wrong stuff, and you are deprioritizing the stuff that you should actually be prioritizing, like justice and mercy and faith. It's, It's just the craziest picture in our heads to think of these guys who have got these maybe a palm full of 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 herbs or spices uh, and then they are carving out this little 10 percent of these spices and obviously everybody knows because they're trying to make a show of it and everybody knows they're tithing and they're showing that they're tithing on these small things yet jesus says well what is the use if you're going to take 10% of this, the, these few herbs and spices you have and tie them, yet the things that are more important you neglect? I was thinking about this and I was, I was meditating on this just for a little bit to try and get an understanding and think of how we see this in our contemporary society. It's kind of like having a church that's just perfect and just beautiful and everything about it is is good. It's Maybe the church has got beautiful stained glass windows and you can see the sun coming through. It's just, it's just perfect. It's done so well and it's, it's positioned correctly. The sanctuary is, is, is just stunning. It has a nice, a, a beautiful organ. It has a choir. Everybody's dressed incredibly well as this choir starts to sing as if the angels of heaven are singing. Everything just seems so perfect. It is the service is tight. It is well run. It is professional. The minister gets up and he preaches, and it is a great service. He's a great. I mean, he, he he's an orator and he can articulate well. And when they finished, it's just it's just wrapped up. It is like a production that you've never seen or heard before. It is just incredible. But you know, you can go to that production. You can go to that service. And it can be perfect in every way, but you can walk in and you don't meet with God. You don't meet with people. You can walk in very alone and you can walk out feeling even lonelier. And even though you've had this experience, maybe is it really about the building? Is it about the production? Or is it about the fact that we are called to love one another? In fact, when we think about priorities 
and we think about things that need to be prioritized and things that need to be deprioritized, we can't escape Matthew 22, 37 to 39 or the greatest and the second greatest commandment that Jesus teaches us. He says in, in, in verses 37 of Matthew 22, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And he says the second is, is, is the greatest, uh, this is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now he's answering this question in the context of what is the greatest law, command that we should keep. In other words, kind of coming to test him, they're saying, well, will you tell us, should it be this tithing on our spices or, or should it be something else? And he says, no, 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 no. Everything about the law is to love God with your entire being, your heart, mind, soul, spirit, strength, everything. That is the greatest thing you can do is put God first in everything. And the second, which flows out of the first, is to love your neighbor even as you'd love yourself. And so we have this this concept that he pushes so strongly, which is God first. God first in everything. Think about our scripture back in, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Do not be conformed. What does it mean to be conformed if we take this, this, this great command that Jesus gives us and we think about the, the ways of the world and the, and, and, and the way the world wants us to conform. There's a sense where the world says, me first, but God is saying, no, 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 God first. And from a God first perspective, we have people that we love and that we pour our hearts out into their lives, even as we'd have them pour and love us, we love others as we ourselves would be loved and love ourselves. So do not be conformed. Don't take on the ways of the world. Don't buy into the conformity of the world, the value system of the world, the priorities of the world, but rather be transformed. Why? By How? By the renewing of your mind. Think differently and let everything in your life change. Conformity, me first, renewed thinking, God first. And everything from a God-first point of view, everything downstream in your life falls into place. Kind of like Matthew 6, 31 to 33. Seek first the kingdom and these things come into place. Put God first in your life. And then you ask yourself, what will your marriage look like? Well, if you put God first in the love that God gives you, you pour into your marriage. What will your career look like? Well, if you put God first, everything that comes into you from God and through God, you can then prioritize and you can find value and you can find purpose and meaning in your career and you can make the decisions that please God in all things, the way we parent, the way we manage and steward our finances, all things, when we put God first, everything else comes together and it all kind of flows in a beautiful relationship from there. I was, I was thinking about this. Now, I was thinking about the idea that God says, love God. And that's the first commandment, not the second. And then love people. But sometimes we get this wrong where we want to love people first and somehow God gets lost in that, and we think that really there's this sense of community or, you know, I'm not even sure what you call it, but there's that, that sense where we feel like we need to help people, which is a good thing, and we must always be willing to help people. But the way we help people, the way we serve people, 
has to flow from a love that comes from God. 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love because he first loved us, right? That's where it comes from. The love that we give to others, whether it is in our direct family, a spouse, a child, or the community has to flow from a love that we have received from God and then it goes into others. When we get that wrong and we invert it and we put God loving others first because we believe it is a good thing to do, then we will find ourselves in a situation where we love people the way we feel they need to be loved. We love them in a way that the world teaches us that they need to be loved. We find our conformity from the world and we love as the world teaches us to love, which many times is no love at all. And we're doing it for the wrong reasons and in the wrong way. It has to flow God first in us and then through us, from God through us to others. That's how we love those around us. To put God first speaks about prioritizing God in every area of our lives. To draw things to a close this morning, I want us to have a look at Philippians chapter 3. We, we'll do, I'll read verses 8 and 9, but I really want us to think about this in the, the context of the entire chapter in, in Philippians. Paul writes this, this is more than that, I regard everything as loss. So when Paul says everything as loss, what he's saying is that I've had a lot. And I'm telling you that the lot that I've had and all the stuff that I've had, he might not have been the rich young ruler. But he had a lot. He was considered, and we see this in the beginning of Philippians chapter 3, he was the Jew of Jews. He was uh, he had a career path. He's the sight. I mean, he had his entire life was lined up. He was excelling beyond his age. He was recognized. He was respected. And he had all these things. But he said, I regard them as loss. Why? Because of the surpassing value. Watch that. The prioritization, there is a reprioritization in his life. These things that he had, he is deprioritizing. But the surpassing value of knowing Christ is more of a priority in his life. Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. Why? Because they're not important anymore. They have been deprioritized and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. You see the the way he is deprioritizing certain things and reprioritizing certain things. And we can ask ourselves, where does this come from? Where does Paul suddenly write Philippians chapter 3 and he seems to have changed everything in his life? Where does that come? Why does he do that? Well, it happens because there was a day when he was heading out as a very zealous Jewish man, leader, to go persecute this sect of people that were following Christ Jesus. And he he was there and and he was given official um, records and official instructions and permission to go and persecute Christians. And while he's on the road, something happens. He meets God. He meets Jesus. In that moment, he falls to the ground and he says, Lord, and he knows he has met God. Something changed, not just anything. Everything changed for him. In that moment, it all changed. He realized this is not important in my life. This is not the way I should be thinking. This is not the commitment that I should give my life to. 
Everything changes. And he then comes to this place in reflection in Philippians chapter 3 where he has encountered God. And when he encountered God, something, there's been a renewed commitment, a renewed thinking, a renewed understanding, a renewed faith. Something has shifted and he knows the most important thing in his life is to know Christ Jesus, my Lord. Wow. Well, question is, is it possible in your life that maybe you're prioritizing the wrong things? Is it possible that maybe you're looking at certain things in the wrong way? Well, you know, that's that's a question that, that I can't answer, but you and God together, as you meet in a private place, you can stop, meditate, and consider God. Does something need to change in my life? There's that commitment that takes place. The first thing we do, we make that commitment. We change our thinking and then we say, God, you are first. God first in my life. Will you challenge me? Will you show me? Will you search me? Even as the psalmist said, show me any way in in me that is not pleasing to you. Will you reprioritize my life? so that the things that are important to you will be the things that are important to me.